Good morning. We are here today with Dan Goldstein of CannabisPrivacyAndSecurity.com, uh, which is quite a mouthful. So Dan, welcome, and we appreciate you spending some time with us. Can you tell us a little bit about when you started the business and why you started it? Yeah, thanks a lot. So um, I've been consulting in the privacy and data security area for, for many years, and just recently started cannabis privacy and security because we've seen a need in that industry, which I believe isn't even recognized so much by a lot of the people in the industry. And that need is a need to not only protect the data of purchasers in particular of cannabis products, but also to make sure that they're informed of the use of their data and that you're protecting the, the rights that they have. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, you know, in Europe, we've seen the GDPR that, you know, has it. We've seen California enact privacy laws and the right to be removed and the right to be forgotten. Um, and yet I would think that most small operators for the most part probably are not in compliance. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, it depends on, you mentioned small operators. And so a lot of small operators probably figure they can fly under the radar and they may be right, but if they do get caught and there is scrutiny in this area, then there could be problems. So um, the California law, CCPA, um, California Consumer Privacy Act, it only applies to certain businesses. One of the thresholds is $25 million in revenue. And you know there may be quite a number of small dispensaries in particular that don't hit that bar. And they may think that they're not subject to any compliance obligations. But in fact, um, there's something called the FTC Act, Federal Trade Commission Act, and section five of that act prohibits deceptive business practices. And if you are not informing an individual of the use of their data, um, that could, and you're using it for purposes they're not aware of, that could be seen as unfair or deceptive. So, so that's one issue, even if you're not subject to a law like CCPA. Another is the various breach notification laws around the country. So um, there's one a breach the notification big, law. I was gonna say one of the big challenges that we're seeing is a lot of the dispensaries are using SMS and in mm -hmm. violation of the disclosure laws, because in order to do that, they need to get consent. Um, and they don't, um, you know, the consumers don't particularly mind it, but in, in reality, they're not in compliance. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, that's all fine until the consumers do mind. And the right. question is, what's going to trigger that? It might be the fact that they're getting inundated with SMS messages. It might be that um, somebody's capturing data from those SMS messages and they're gonna disclose it. And that's a big issue because if there is a disclosure of this data, um, obviously, even though in the US we're seeing that cannabis is more and more accepted and some of the taboo associated with it is fading away, still, if there's a breach of that data or an unauthorized disclosure of that data, it can impact people's employment, it can impact their ability to get insurance and any number of other Kind of reputational factors. So um, keeping that data secure becomes really important. Yeah, I mean, it's still not legal on the federal level, so there's still that concern. Right? Exactly. I mean, and the other 
particularly big piece is the fact that um, if this is being used as a medicinal product, then that puts you in a totally different classification as far as the data. Yeah, that's right. So if you're in a state where uh, it's legal for medicinal purposes, or even in California, for example, I know some of the counties in California, while it's um, legal on the state level recreationally, some counties are limiting it to medicinal. So if you're a dispensary and you're medicinal, then you've got HIPAA requirements. If you're collecting health information, which you would be in this instance, then there's a whole slew of requirements, privacy and data security requirements around HIPAA that you need to comply with. And what are the big sort of cybersecurity challenges that are facing the industry? So, you know, we've seen some breaches um, to date where personal data has been exposed. And I mean, that's the big cybersecurity challenge, like in a, in a very small nutshell, is that um, you're going to be breached and data is going to be exposed. Now, when you dig into that a little bit deeper, this is a burgeoning industry. Um, dispensaries in particular are gathering a lot of information about individuals, right? So they're gathering driver's license information when somebody enters a dispensary, they're gathering um, purchase information, they're possibly building profiles of individuals so that they can support loyalty programs. And when you're gathering that much data, you know, the bad actors out there who for years now have been perpetrating these breaches, they're, they're gonna start to pay attention. And so the cybersecurity risk is just that the more and more data an industry is collecting, um, the more attractive it's gonna be to a bad actor. And, you know, it's not only to obtain that data, maybe sell that data um, or expose that data, but it's also things like ransomware. And we're seeing a lot of ransomware just across industry, not just cannabis, but across, you know, multiple industries. We read about it in the news all the time. And we're also seeing a lot more bigger players, right? So we're aggregating more data into one place, right? You know, we're seeing the Tilrays and some of those That's other right. companies. So if any of those um, smaller entities are dealing with the bigger entities, they're likely sharing the data. And that's another really good point. Um, the smaller entities that are sharing their data with the bigger entities, they really should be doing diligence before they share that data to make sure the bigger entities are able to secure it appropriately. So, you know, questions that they, they might wanna ask is, how is that data making its way over to these bigger entities? Is there a secure tunnel? Is there a VPN? Is it encrypted along the way? Is that larger entity encrypting the data when it's at rest with them? Are they sharing it further with other companies? So all of those questions should be asked because if it's your data originally, so if you're the dispensary and you're sharing it with a third party and that third party is breached, there's a good chance that, that some of the um, liability or responsibility is gonna flow back to you. And then how, how do they go about beginning to protect themselves? Hiring you, obviously, but you know, so, tell us more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there are a number of things that should be done. I mean, the first thing is you want to be transparent with your customers about what you're doing. So that means that when they enter your dispensary, 
there should be privacy notice that's available to them, particularly if you're collecting information just upon entering. So if you're collecting driver's license information, they should be aware that you're doing that. Um, there are questions about the effectiveness of notice because some dispensaries may just post something that nobody's going to read, but there should be an effort to make sure that they're aware of what's gonna be done with the data. And then if you are doing things like tracking purchases, so there are point of sale systems that automatically track and compile um, purchase information and there are loyalty programs. The loyalty programs in particular, those should be opt-in, right? Um, People should not suddenly be receiving emails from a dispensary saying, hey, you have X amount of points because you made this purchase and that purchase. Um, you wanna make sure that, that you're getting their agreement to participate in those kinds of things. And then the other things that you should really be doing on the back end are making sure that you have a good security policy in place and that that can be implemented. Typically, you know, you had a policy at one level, procedures then another level down that tell people on the security side that are responsible for your systems, tell them exactly what needs to be done. So you should have these access controls in place or you should have this data encrypted. And yeah, you should just make sure that those things are carried through um, on the privacy and security side, maybe train people. And I know that these, if you're a small to medium-sized dispensary, these probably seem like um, kind of intensive obligations, but they're really necessary. And they're not very much when you consider that if your data is breached, you're gonna have, you know, you might have a state attorney general breathing down your neck. You might have um, lawsuits um, under California, CCPA, those private rights of action for breaches. So you wanna take it seriously. And you know how much responsibility does the consumer have? Because one of the things that we see a lot is, you know, the organization or the dispensary will write up this paperwork, right? And we sign the bottom line because and read it, don't read it because we just want what we want, right? You know, does that relieve them of, of any sort of obligation because they've given us the, you know, the policy and, and you know we just signed on the bottom line because we wanted to get in, you know, that which I think is quite common, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a great question. And the answer is that, um, yes, it does relieve them of some responsibility, liability, obligation, because they've done what they're meant to do. They've informed the consumer of what's going to happen with the data. It's really up to the consumer. So this is where your point, you know, how much, how much responsibility does the consumer have? The consumer has to be responsible. And I understand the mindset of I want what I want and I'm just gonna either check the box or you know, not really read this. And I've been involved in privacy for 20 years. And if there's an app that I know I want or need and a privacy statement comes up, I'm just gonna click through it also because you know, unless, unless it's something where I really have concerns, I know I need the application and I've gotta click that box to get it. My understanding of security and um, privacy is these systems are only as good as the, whether or not you actually audit them and check them. Is, is this something, you know, they go through the effort of setting them up, but are they following up with testing them to ensure that they're secure? Do they conduct audits? What do you see? I mean, that's, that's really up to the individual entity. 
And I would say this, it's um, difficult for, you know, a, a single dispensary that's maybe running everything off of, you know, a very simplistic network and they have maybe one IT person or maybe it's an outsourced IT person. It's difficult for them to do those audits, but it's necessary, right? You wanna look back, you wanna check your logs, you wanna make sure that things are as they're meant to be, that you don't have any unusual activity or intrusions, things like that. So you do need to toe the line, right? You can't just say we're doing this, you have to actually do it. And, you know, an easy example, um, access controls. So here's the type of thing that might escape um, a small, dispensary. They've got somebody, they have an employee, that employee has access to their systems, that employee gets fired <clears throat> or quits, and, you know, they don't have an IT person on site, and they forget about it for a week or two weeks, and in this week or two weeks, that person goes back into the system and takes a whole bunch of data and does something with it they shouldn't be doing. So you need to, you need to walk the walk. Yeah, I mean, the other thing we see commonly is, um, you know, sharing credentials or sharing information, right? Mm -hmm. You know, they may share a badge to gain access or they may share a password because it's, you know, you know, I forgot my password, help me log on, that type of thing. Um, you know, I, I came up through the banking industry that, you know, which mm -hmm. is very highly regulated and very much understands data compliance and stuff like that. I think that would be overkill for the cannabis, especially at this stage, but will it move to that? Mm -hmm. It might, and I think that the driver of that is going to be what we see in terms of breaches, right? So whether or not it's going to be regulated at a state level or a federal level, or it's going to be some industry association which creates some sort of self-regulation, I do think that as we see more and more breaches, something's going to happen on that front, and there will be requirements, whether mandatory, state, federal, or voluntary and highly recommended by, by an industry group. I think we'll see that happen. I mean, I think one of the challenges is the nature of the breaches have, has been changing, right? It used to be that they would breach your company, steal the credit card information, and you know, within 24 hours, you could start to see the activity. So at least you yeah. knew when it happened and you knew that it happened, you know, and you knew it happened. Um, the challenge now is the sophistication has changed that they will do those breaches and they will, you know, that information won't appear online, which is how we typically understand whether or not there's been a breach. We see it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. um, and then what happens is we learn, oh, that, you know, that data was breached a year and a half ago and they've had that data for a year and a half. Um, right. And that's sort of a changing nature. One of the breaches that we saw was um, the none of the breaches in themselves seemed all that surprising and we didn't see them online. So we saw a breach of healthcare data, we saw breaches of financial data, and we saw breaches of um, bank data, yet we didn't see the activity online, which as, right. as a security person, you're like, you know, they've taken it, why aren't they using it, right? But what happened was, is they did numerous breaches. And then what they did is they aggregated these three pieces of information. Because now you have, the, you know, the health record, the medical records, the financial records, you know, and their financial statements. And then you can start to target people, like you said, with, you know, ransomware or other types of things. Um, and, you know, you get a much bigger and better profile, 
right? When you start to mm -hmm. aggregate data sources from three or four places. Exactly. And, and there's no question that the perpetrators of these breaches are getting more and more sophisticated, just smarter. And um, it's more and more difficult to catch them because they're, you know, they're operating in cryptocurrency, so it's harder to track them. But yeah, um, look, the volume of data is attractive. And if they have a large retailer, you know, that volume of data in and of itself might be enough for the, the, the perpetrator to get the value that they want. Or like you said, they may aggregate across, I don't know, multiple dispensaries in a, you know, a region and um, just optimize the value of the data that they can get there. And when I say optimize, you know, it depends, I suppose, on what their goal is, whether it's to sell it, whether it's to expose it and cause damage to these individuals, or whether it's do something like, um, you know, lock it up and do a ransomware um, type of scenario. And, and I think the other challenge too is that, you know, we talk about these people collecting this data, like they're these nefarious uh, individuals, but for the most part, a lot of these people are big tech companies, right? who I won't name because they'll probably want to sue me, but you know, we're the data, the people that are, you know, violating our data on a regular basis are big tech companies that are just using it and selling it. Absolutely. There's no question. Um, I mean, look, you look at the biggest ones, you look at Google, they want to control all, all, all data, right? I shouldn't say all data, but they want as much data as they can get. And I'm not saying this in a, uh, to, to be disparaging to Google, but it's their business model to be the source of data for the world. So, you know, it's just kind of an example, maybe the extreme case of what you're saying is the big tech companies, yeah, they want data and the source of that data, you know, it may or may not be important to them, but certainly, um, you know, I think that there's a legitimate argument to be made that uh, this type of data could be important to a huge aggregator. And, and what makes the cannabis space different when it comes to data security and privacy? Yeah, to me, the, the biggest thing that makes it different is the risk to the individuals, right? So you go into a dispensary and maybe it's your regular dispensary and you know, you've been there five times or 10 times or 20 times in a year. And there's a lot of information about your purchases, which obviously imply something about your personal habits and things that you like and don't like. And as I said before, if that's disclosed, that poses a significant risk to the individuals. So, you know, that's what makes it different to me is the risk to the, to the people who are, the, to the customers. On the dispensary side, what makes it different is, you know, just kind of the, the, the flip side of the same coin, which is there's a lot of data and there's a lot of value to that data. So um, there may be entities that think, okay, in fact, maybe, I should say there are definitely entities that know that cannabis users are likely to be customers of their product as well. And so they're gonna to want to access that data, whether it's purchasing that data or you know, if somebody makes it available 
on you know black market or or whatever it might be then they they can use it there as well so there are risks on both sides right risk to the dispensary risk to the individual and if someone hires a, a firm like yours what do, are you typically providing for them it depends what they need but um the starting point for us is typically know your data know where it's going know what's happening with it so we would generally want to sit down with stakeholders and say, okay, what is it that you're collecting? Are you collecting driver's license number? Are you collecting purchase information? Where is it being stored? How is it being stored? What third parties is it going out to? Do you have a um, loyalty program service provider that you're sharing the data with? And how is it secured along the way? Once we understand kind of that data environment, then we can help them put controls in place. The, the most basic controls that everybody is gonna need, um, starting with a privacy policy, a publicly facing privacy policy, so individuals are aware, then the internally facing privacy and security policies and building all of that out. So building out procedures and helping them implement things like access controls, or if they don't have an encryption solution, making sure that they know what their options there and helping implement that. So it's really, it is from kind of the um, administrative point of view, knowing your data and putting the right controls in all the way down to the, the technical controls and helping them make selections and, and implement. And, and is this something that the industry is aware of? Like, are they seeking this or are they like, eh, we'll get to it when you know, we have a problem? So my perception is that they are looking at it much more in that second way. Um, I think that there is a big rush in this business to sales and profitability and totally understandable. Um, people are seeing it, it's a bit of a gold rush and you know, com compliance with laws or um, protecting themselves against what they may seem as a remote possibility of a breach that's not the first thing in their mind. The first thing on their mind is getting sales and generating revenues. So I see that as a huge risk factor for this industry. The fact that, um, you know, it's a rush to profitability. Well, Dan, we very much appreciate spending some time today. I think you're gonna be really busy in the near future because I think that, you know, we will unfortunately see these breaches. And like you said, once they be, you know, you know, once they become vulnerable, then they finally understand, oh, I guess I should have done something about this. Uh, so I am sure that we will see. Again, what's the website if people want to visit you? Yeah, it's cannabisprivacyandsecurity.com. Okay, great. We appreciate that. We will put that down below so that folks can click on it and visit you. Um, again, we appreciate your time today, and we look forward to hearing more good things from you in the future. Thanks very much, Mike. Take Thank care. You.